by Passion Church, the DeSoto County campus, the fun church in Horn Lake, Mississippi. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. Chapter 5, we're going to read verse 4. I'm going to read it out of the New King James. It says, For whatever is born of God, Are you born of God? Have you been born again? Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Say overcomes the world. Right where you are right now, say overcomes the world. Maybe type it in that little sidebar thing over there. Let us know that you're thinking it. Say overcomes the world. It doesn't say we fit in with the world. It doesn't say we try to be like the world. That we try to rise to the level of the world. Absolutely not. If you're born of God, you're supposed to overcome the world. It'd be hard to tell it in many of the churches in America today, wouldn't it? And it says, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, your faith. It's in whom you have believed that makes the difference. It's what you believe. Because if you really believe what you say you believe, it will affect your actions and you will begin to overcome the things that have pulled the world down to the level that it is today. I'm preaching real good and we just got started. You know, when I was probably about 12 years old, I'm not going to tell you when, probably back in the 70s, I'd say. My little brother, he's six years younger. His name's Heath. He, He was probably about six at the time. My mama was wild and free, and we were living in Memphis, Tennessee. We had one of those yellow Buick Centuries. I don't know if you remember those cars. I called it the Kojak car, because back then there was a television program called Kojak. He was a police officer, bald-headed, and had a little sucker in his mouth all the time, and he drove a yellow Buick Century. So we had a Kojak car. Mama must have, I guess she got a bonus at work or something. I don't know what it was. But she said, we're going to SeaWorld. And so we were so excited, we got in the car. Mama took off down Interstate 55. I don't know why she was so intent on getting there so fast. But she was, Mama was kind of wild back in the day. If you know my mama, you're probably thinking, she still is. (laughs) But she, I know she must have had that thing floored. We was doing 85-90, I know. And why she had the windows rolled down, I'll never know. But, but we was get, I think it was because we didn't have air conditioning in that thing. But we was getting plenty of sound coming in. Mama was smoking like a chimney, you know, just one after another. It was a wild ride, to say the least. Well, Heath was in the back seat, six years old. He says, Mama, I got to go to the bathroom. Now, I don't know why Mama was in such a hurry, but she didn't want to stop. And I don't know why she asked him this, because she said, do you got to go number one or number two? <laughs> I, I shudder to think what happened if he had said number two. <laughs> I don't know what her plan was then, but she gave him an empty Coke bottle. 
And she said, here, use this. <laughs> I don't know what mama was thinking. Because I knew that the boy had extreme pressure. I don't know how else to say it, but I seen the boy stand flat-footed on one end of the pond and water the grass on the other end of the pond. He had pressure. So when she gave him that Coke bottle, I didn't have high hopes. <laughs> I don't know whether it was the wind coming in at 90 miles an hour or mama smoking that cigarette or I don't know the bumpy road I don't know what it was but let's just say I didn't turn around to find out but apparently things got out of hand <laughs> Look, the 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 headliner in the Kojak mobile <laughs> began to rain on us Whew. mama starts trying to Pull it off to the side. She's doing this number here. It's getting worse. She's slamming on the brakes. Somehow she pulls off to the side. And we, we bail out of the car. Everything in the car, all our luggage, everything is just soaking wet. And I tell you this story because this kind of feels like the way 2020 has started out to me. <laughs> Am I, am I the only one laughing in here? <laughs> am I the only one thinks this is funny? 2020, we have made an unplanned pit stop. An uncomfortable pit stop. One that we didn't anticipate. One that we didn't really want to happen. We were like, no, tell me it ain't so. But we have pulled off to the side of the road and many of us are just saying I just want to get back to normal I just want to get back to normal well that's what we're going to talk about today because I hate to break it to you but nothing on planet earth is normal <laughs> not a thing about this what we do down here is not normal everybody may be doing it but that don't make it normal my friend God is up there scratching his head. What are they doing next? How are they thinking this is normal? Planet Earth ain't never been nothing normal since uh, Adam and Eve ate of that fruit of the tree, I'm telling you. And God is determined not to let us settle for the world's normal. He's bringing us down a new highway called the Sanctification Highway. That's a big word that says we're going to live the way God wants us to live. We're going to live according to the heaven standards and not the world's standards. He's not going to let us settle for normal. Maybe that's what's happened here. I don't know. But maybe we were getting a little too comfortable with the world's normal. I think about the Israelites after Moses brought them out of Egypt. They hadn't gone far when they got to the Red Sea and Pharaoh changed his mind, comes after him, brings the army with him. What did the people, what did the Israelites do in that position? <laughs> we should just go back. They wanted to go back. It's normal in Egypt. For 430 years, it had been normal for them to make bricks as slaves. They wanted to go back 
to what they felt was normal. And, and God's trying to bring them into something new. God's trying to set them free. God says, you ain't going back, you're going through. And that's God's plan for you. Not to go back into the slavery of this world, but to go through. God's plan is to go through. God's not normal either. Nothing about God's people is normal. Nothing about following God is going to feel normal in this sinful flesh. You have to renew your mind to God's way. I like what Moses said in Exodus 14, 13. He said, you see those Egyptians, the ones you see today, you ain't going to see them no more. In other words, God's fixing to do a miracle and bring you way past the normal that you had grown accustomed to all those people that was trying to bring you down and keep you in slavery you ain't gonna see them no more god's bringing you to a higher place Woo, that's good preaching romans 12 2 says do not be conformed to the patterns of this world this world's got patterns it's trying to, to compress you into its mold and make you fit in its patterns its way of normal but what did the Bible say? We're not to do that. We're to overcome the world. Say overcome the world. We're not looking for normal anymore. God has given us a new lease on life. We're stepping out of this into something greater. We're going through. The pandemic is just a, an uncomfortable pit stop. But it's woke a lot of people up. But on the other hand... It could also, if you're not careful, let it knock you out of your race as a Christian. <laughs> I put this in the message because I was thinking about myself. You know, I can't get to the gym right now. It's knocked me out of my normal as far as how to keep my body. We need to get back to the things that propel us forward. Some of us have let this knock us off our faith walk our prayer times just because we're not having church in the building some people have said okay well i'm just not having church well that's not the way it works and i want to encourage you right now as i'm encouraging myself sometimes i think these messages are just for me to get back to your prayer time begin to redevelop if you didn't have a prayer time we'll get one Begin to develop habits that are going to propel you to God's best. Read your Bible. Tune in to the church. Fellowship, if you can. Become part of a life group. Some of you are like, I don't want to, I'm not interested in all of that stuff. Well, you're not interested in going forward with God then. I know it may be a little inconvenient. It might not be what you're used to. It might seem churchy. But you got to break through if you want the new. That rhymed. you got to break through if you want the new. There needs to be discipleship going on in your life. Serving somebody. Bigger giving than we've given in the past. Isn't it time for the church to have more than enough to meet every need? Isn't it time for the church to, to rise up and do something better in the community? 
Isn't it time for us to begin to, to attain these visions that God has given us for where we're going in this life? For some of you, maybe it's time just to get back and reconnect with your family. Maybe the busyness of your life has got you pulled in so many directions and you've forgotten your family life. Maybe you need to get a work ethic. <laughs> oh, I didn't say that out loud, did I? So many of us, we want that free government money. We're willing to quit our jobs. Is that really the, you want the government to be in control of your finances? You want the government to take all your money? Do you want socialism here in America when it's worked nowhere else? I don't often get political, but that's not the America that th these men and women have died for. This is the land of the free, my friends. Not the land of the enslaved. You let the government start paying your bills, and you were you. We've had a little test of socialism here in the last few months. Bread lines and all these kind of things. That is not the America that these brave men and women died for, at all. So get yourself a work ethic. Get back to work. Don't take a handout when you can. Uh, get to work one thing I like to tell people to do is make a to-do list when I became pastor several years ago I realized that every week I was running around like a chicken with my head cut off thinking what do I got to do this week oh my goodness and eventually I began to realize what I'm doing this week is very similar to what I did last week 90% of what I did this this week is what I did last week, so I begin to write it down so I don't have to reinvent the wheel every week. A to-do list is wonderful. I got one on my desk. It says what I do on Mondays, what I do on Tuesdays, what I do on Wednesdays. And you know when you, when you do that and you write it out, you get everything done, and you're not always sitting there wondering, what am I I'm forgetting? And then, like, say, Tuesday, you finish all your stuff, and you do a little extra, and you, you think, I can take some time off without, without feeling like I hadn't done something. I can, I can rest now. I know I've accomplished. A to-do list is a wonderful thing for you to put together right now. That's just, that's free of charge. But let's get back on our focus. We're going to get back together as a church soon, but now is the time to be refocusing your life. I know we've been knocked off. <laughs> we've pulled off on the side of the road. But now's the time to regain focus. In the words of Dingy Dory, just keep swimming, swimming, swimming. Now's not the time to stop swimming. Just keep swimming. Ain't time to be like them seagulls walking around talking about, man, 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 man. <laughs> That's what the world, my, my job, my house, my family, my this. That ain't Christian. We need to be like, Nemo's dad always looking for the sun, huh? What, doggy? That was pretty good right there, wasn't it? Just keep looking for the sun. That's what this journey is all about. David's life wasn't normal. King David, you know what I'm talking about. It was exceptional in many ways, but it wasn't normal. If you look at the, the heroes of our faith, their lives were not normal. They weren't comfortable. 
Man, they were on a journey. David, he had to go through some obstacles, like a nine-foot one called Goliath, like, a, like one with big talons called the bear, big teeth called the lion. David went some, through some things, and those obstacles is what made him stronger. He was anointed as a boy, but he didn't become king till he was a man. And you have a calling on your life, but you ain't going to reach that calling until you become the man or woman of God with enough character to keep you in your position, in your calling. You've got to have character for your calling. So David had some things to learn. And boy, old King Saul, the king at the time, taught him a few lessons, didn't he? King Saul was out to kill David all the time. David was running from Saul. But what did it do? It chased David out of the normal and made him a leader of some misfits. And he turned a band of misfits into a mighty army. But he never touched God's anointed king. And he, he developed such a humility, God says, I'm going to do something with that boy. And so he learned and I think the highway to sanctification could also be called the highway to humility because that's what it's been for me, to stop thinking more highly of yourself than you ought. Now, David had some setbacks even after he became king. Most of the setbacks he brought upon himself. You may identify with some of them. One of the setbacks was one of his sons, Absalom, tried to become the king, tried to overthrow his own dad. And he did for a couple of weeks there till David regained the throne. But I, I guess it was because poor parenting, absentee parenting. He didn't invest enough in Absalom. He didn't have that relationship with Absalom. Maybe you're thinking, maybe you're, some of your children are coming back to bite you, things that you did raising your kids. <clears throat> David also... Uh, got a little pride after becoming king and he took a census and God said don't take a census you don't need to know it ain't about your might or power but David wanted to know how many people he had he took a census and God had to punish him and maybe some of you are, have risen up in pride and thought that you had it all on track without God and then God had to give you a little setback before you come back to your senses and of course David had Bathsheba Manly hormones got the best of him, I guess you would say. Maybe some of you men can identify with that. You've, you've allowed your baser instincts to get you in some trouble here and there. You haven't learned to control your emotions and your senses, so to speak. But one thing about David, it wasn't that he didn't sin. It wasn't that he made all the right decisions. The thing about David was he stayed on the potter's wheel. When it was brought to his attention, the things that he had done wrong, when he, he did some self-reflection and realized that he was making mistakes, he ran to God. And I'll always tell you, never run from God. He knows already. And David would run to God. In fact, after he had uh, committed adultery with Bathsheba and had her husband killed. 
He says in Psalms 51, God, create a clean heart in me and renew a right spirit within me. He wasn't a man who thought that he was above making mistakes or that he was too good and he wasn't putting on a show. He was honest with himself and he was honest with God. And God said, that's a man after my own heart. That's a man that I can work with. And King David on his deathbed says to his son Solomon in 1 Kings chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, I'd like you to listen to this. When David's time to die was near, he told his son Solomon, I am going the way of all the earth. When he says all the earth, he means we all going to die. There's a 100% mortality rate right here in DeSoto County. It's appointed man wants to die. We all are going to die. And he says, I am going the way of all the earth, so you be strong. Show yourself to be a man. Show yourself to be a man. Do what the Lord... How, how do you become a man? Some of us have thought that the world's way of becoming a man is normal. But we've already identified that we're trying to break free of that. We're trying to find out God's way. And so how does God say be a man? David says, do what the Lord God tells you. Walk in his ways and keep all his laws and his word by what is written in the law of Moses. In other words, a real man, a real woman is going to obey God. That's really what Solomon said later in Ecclesiastes. That's the duty of man is to love God and obey him. That's why we're here. He says, then you will do well in all you do and in every place you go. Obedience to God is going to cause you to come out from among them and be you separate. It's going to cause you to rise on wings as eagles. It's going to cause you to be separate, sanctified, and successful. God's word will work in your life. It's there to bring you to that special place and to make you one of God's favorites. Now, us Christians can be quick to settle for normal. Especially here in America, you can tell. We're quick to trade our, our calling for our comfort. To think uneventful, unexciting, unchallenging, unfulfilling Christianity is normal. And it's not. Here at the Passion Church, we're some that overcome. We believe that doing things God's way is the right way, is the exciting way. How could salvation not radically change your life? I mean, you were lost. You were without hope in the world. You had made a mess of your life. You, knew, you, you had come to a place where you knew that everything you did was leading, spiraling you down deeper into a hole. And you forget that it was Jesus who reached down and grabbed you up out of that pit. He forgave you of your sins, dusted you off, and got you back into the race. He loved you with an everlasting love. He had mercy on you. 
He showed you grace. And some of you know that your own family had given up on you. I'm telling you, don't lose sight of that first love. Rekindle that fire again. You got saved. It should make a radical difference in your life. Pretenders need a pastor to prop them up every Sunday. Not the Passion Church. We're some that overcome. Pretenders say, if the pastor don't prop me up on Sunday, I'm going to change churches. They'll change churches quicker than they'll change their gym membership. Pretenders, some of them ain't seen a church service since the pandemic began. You say, how do you know, Pastor? Well, they did a Barna poll recently and said 48% of Christians have not attended a church service or seen a live church service since the pandemic began, 48%. You got to ask yourself, how serious were they about their Christianity to begin with? I want to see their schedule. What do they have on their schedule that's more important than God? More important than your calling. What do you have on your schedule that's just so pressing? I think about Thomas. We've been talking about Thomas a lot, picking on Thomas. I'm not sure all these things are true about Thomas, but we know the story that Thomas said, I'll not believe until I see, until I stick my finger in the nail holes. But Thomas had been walking with Jesus for three years. He'd been hearing him preach live. He'd heard God preach live. He'd seen the miracles. He'd ate of the loaves and the fish. He'd seen people raised from the dead. And if you'd have asked Thomas, oh, yeah, yeah, I am a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. But when his faith was tested, when he came into that room and all the other disciples says, he has risen. He is really alive like he said he would, like he came back, like he said he would. He's like, no, I just can't believe it. I can't believe it. Then Jesus came in there. He told him, Thomas, put your finger in the nail holes. And when Thomas did, that was the moment his faith became real. And what did he say? He said, my Lord and my God. Two things that Jesus must have not been to Thomas before that point, before his faith became real. His Lord and his God. Is Jesus really your Lord? Lord means he's the boss. Are you really following him? Are you really able and willing to do what he asked you to do? And he, is he your God? Is your faith real, my friend? Jesus said, blessed is he who is not seen and believed. I hope you're not waiting to see before you turn that switch and say, Jesus really is alive. Jesus really is God. He 
He's real to me. Some people are still riding on that high horse. You remember the story about Apostle Paul when he was called Saul of Tarsus and he was persecuting the Christians. He was a Pharisee. He was, he was a religious man. He thought religion was his way to God. He thought do's and don'ts, the law. And Later he would write to Timothy and say, people have a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. And he knew that from firsthand experience because he had a form of godliness, but he had denied the very power that could make his religion real, and that is a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. For it to really be real, not just because you go to church on Sunday, not just because you do a bunch of things and you consider yourself better than the sinner, because you know Jesus. You're saved by grace through faith. Philippians 3, verse 7, the same Paul writes to the church in Philippi. He says, I once thought these things were valuable. He just talked about his education, his position, his power, his authority in the church and all those things. Things that, the normal things, things that people in America, they, they crave. To be normal. I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless for what Christ has done, because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus. All that other stuff. Nothing. Nothing. Without knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I've discarded everything else. Counting it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. He got knocked off his high horse and he got saved, saved. Thomas finally got saved, saved, and was willing to give his life for the gospel. Last week we talked about the demoniac in the Pontiac. The man that was demon-possessed. And when Jesus cast that legion of demons out of him, it says he was sitting in his right mind, clothed, thank goodness, in his right mind, and he said, Jesus, let me go with you. Right then and there, he was ready to go into the ministry. And Jesus says, well, I've got a plan for your life, but it's not to be with me right now. I want you to go to the ten towns, the in the surrounding area, and I want you to tell everybody what I've done for you. He had a, gave him a mission. Do you think that the Pontiac went and did his mission? Oh, I think he did. Why? Because he had been forgiven so much. Can you imagine all the things that he was forgiven for? Now he's free, and there's, there's no more sin on his shoulders. He's ready to, to show Jesus his love. He's ready to give him all. I'll go with you, Jesus. I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm ready to leave the tombs. I know what it's like back there. I want to go with you. Do you think he went? You say, yeah, but it was, it was because he was forgiven so much. But which one of us wasn't forgiven so much? 
Have you forgotten where you were before you met Jesus? Are you ready to leave the tombs behind? Because that's what's normal for the world, the tombs. It's time to get saved, saved. I always tell everybody, when I got saved, man, I was forgiven so much. I, I've been serving him with my whole heart ever since. Whole hog, I used to say. Saved, saved. Not just I said that prayer, and now I go to church occasionally. I'm talking about saved, saved. I don't know how else to explain it to you. It's real to me. I don't have to put my finger in his nail holes. I know they're there. With all of my heart, he's real to me. And I don't want you to settle for normal. When you can be walking on the wind and walking on the water and soaring on wings as eagles. Far above all principalities, powers, and rulers of this darkness. Far above all the normal. Peter came to Jesus. Jesus had just told him what's about to happen. We're going into Jerusalem. I'm going to be shamefully treated. They're going to crucify me, but on the third day I'm going to rise from the dead. Peter brought him aside. He reprimanded Jesus. He said, it ain't so, Jesus. We ain't going to let those things happen to you. That ain't normal. We're not going to let bad things happen to you. We're not going to let you walk into your destiny. And in Mark chapter 8, verse 33, Jesus turned around and looked at his disciples, and then he reprimanded Peter back. He said, get away from me, Satan. You're seeing things merely from a human point of view not from God. You're seeing what's normal down here, but I'm trying to show you what's right, what's normal in heaven. People laying down their lives for one another. Love in action. He says, then calling the crowds to join his disciples. He said, I want everybody to hear this. Come on in. Come on in. If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. But I want to have my own way. I'll go to church on Sunday, but I want to have my own way. I don't see Jesus. Jesus is a little upset here. He's reprimanded Peter and he's called everybody. This is important. You got to take up your cross. Do you understand? He's saying. And he's pleading through me today. Don't settle for normal. Take up your cross and follow Jesus into the supernormal. If you try to hang on to your life, he says, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. What do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is there anything more important than your soul? Are you trading everything for this 70, 80 years you may live on this little planet, this dying planet Earth. For your eternal rewards. Don't do it, my friend. One thing this virus has done. It's given us an opportunity for a reset. It's given us time to think. 
time to reevaluate and say, do I really want to go back to what I had made normal and comfortable for myself, or is it time for me to take the next step with Jesus? Am I willing to lay down my plans and take up my cross and walk into my calling? Bow your head and close your eyes. Jesus has such a wonderful plan for you, my friend. Oh, it's not going to be easy, but it's going to be right. It's not going to be comfortable, but it's going to be tight. It's going to be what your heart has always longed for, out there past normal. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's Word. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church.